This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me today. I'm so happy you're here. I'm Sandy Scarlatta. I was born in Virginia Beach and raised in the Baltimore, Annapolis area and had very humble and tragic beginnings. And as a result, my life was a hot mess. Thankfully, 33 years ago, I got my act together. And since that time, I have dedicated my life to serving others and raising awareness that no matter what you've been through, you can choose happiness and live the life of your dreams. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a choice, and the choice is yours. Today's episode is amazing, and I am so grateful for you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Enjoy the show. Clifford Starks, what a privilege to be finally talking with you today. We were introduced by a mutual friend, and I just could not wait for this conversation. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, thank you, Sandy. I'm looking forward to it. Excited. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and... I know I'm not supposed to like date these episodes because they're evergreen and people are going to be listening to this. But right now I live in Northern Virginia. It's in the fall. Allergies are full brown. I, they're full blown right now. I sound like I smoke 20 packs of cigarettes and I don't, <laughs> but it's like the, the whole allergy thing. And I'm like, some people are like, I like that. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> so excuse me. I've got my two bottles of water here. I'm prepared to hydrate so that I don't sound too bad. So you've got a very interesting background. And I love in the beginning of your bio, you say Clifford is a lover and a fighter enjoying the ways of life. He loves being where the action is and maximizing every area of your life. So we're going to talk all about this. But before we go into your back, your, you know, what you're doing now and how you're really empowering so many people with your background and everything. Can you just tell it, tell the, the audience a, a little bit about your journey and how you got to this point? Like, because yeah, I want to dive yes. into the whole mentality of getting into being a UFC fighter. Like that's that's a whole that's a whole nother conversation. But but what led you up to that point? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, always had a really kind heart through my journey. Uh, just a lover of people and uh, a lover of possibilities. And so that's always been in me and I've grown it as I've gone through my process. You know, everyone has a unique gift, a unique ability uh, that happened to be mine. Uh, but I remember, so I say my whole journey started from four, five, and six. Uh, when I was four, my, my biological dad drove out of my life. And at five, this, this one really, really hit me. Uh, at five my grandfather passed away and it was terrifying. Like I, you know how you fight or freeze? Well, mine was freeze. I froze in that moment knowing that uh, one day I was going to die. It just scared the heck out of me. That's, and and that's a big thing. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a kind of a big thing for a five-year-old too, right? Oh, yeah. It's yeah, just because yeah. you, you don't understand it. It's not part of your realm of reality. And and it's like ripping the Band-Aid off, but in yeah. a massive way, right? In a very in a very massive way. And it was, um, I, I felt what being frozen felt like. And I also felt what being free felt like because I, I didn't know it at the time, but I was coaching myself through the process. I said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to live as much life as I can. And so that's what I focused on doing is just I'm going to live as much life as I can. And then when I was six, my mom remarried to the guy that I call dad to this day. You know, he's always been there for me. And uh, so I took that as there's people who are supposed to be there in this world and they're just not going to be there. They're going to drive out of your life. They're going to leave. They're going to cheat. They're going to do whatever. Uh, There's people who don't have to be there. And they can choose to. They're going to be there. They're going to support you. They're going to love you. They're going to uh, guide you. They're going to help you. And we're all going to die. And so I kind of took that whole mass and said, uh, let's live as much life as we can. And that's what I focused on doing. Wow. It's so interesting. We have very parallel stories because mm-hmm. my biological yes, father died when I was 18 months old. Mm-hmm. And my mom remarried when I was three. But the difference is, is I have no memory of my biological father passing away at all. Mm. I have zero memory of yeah. him, but, but the same, it was that same thing. And, and I always, you know, and I talk about this in my book, like, I don't know what impact that had on me because I have no memory of it. But at the end of the day, that both of us had that really major childhood trauma yeah. that has shaped our lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really interesting. So, okay. So that was, you know, four five and six. So how did you get into fighting? Because was there any other sports that led you to that? Or did you just be like, you know, because you, you, you started out saying how you love people, right. And you're a lover of people. And yet you want to, you ended up being a UFC fighter. So like, like how, how, how did you balance that in your mind? The the love I, of people. You froze. You, oh, did you we freeze froze up for a minute? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. sorry. So so sorry about that, Clifford, and, and to the audience. Oh no, technology. That's the beauty of technology. I know, right? <laughs> technology. So what I was saying yeah. is that you know you started out saying that you've got this love of people, and yet you yeah. ended up being a fighter. So how did you reconcile that in your mind, right? That you love yeah. people so much, but yet you're going to go out and you're going to fight, right? Like yeah, yeah. Like, what, what is that? that whole polar opposite thing. Like how how do you process that in your brain? Yeah, absolutely. Um, What I love so much about fighting, it's the ability to compete. And I had a a coach, a smart coach too. And he was kind of like, it didn't make sense to him. And I explained it in this way. Uh, Both fighters are willing participants. You have to sign a contract in order to even get in there. It's not like I'm fighting random people. Right. And personally, I would never want to fight someone who wasn't a willing participant. I don't like doing that. But if they're willing to test themselves, because that's all it is, you get an opportunity to test yourself because it's it's a scary thing. You know, getting your hands taped, knowing what you're going in to do, knowing they're looking to do the same thing that you're looking to do. But you're going to learn a lot about yourself as you go through that process. And I've I've always liked competing. I've I've always loved competing. I love competing because I want to see who I am. 
And I want to see how far I can go. What you just said was such such a there were so many golden nuggets wrapped up in that. And so I wanted I want to touch on that for just a minute because competing is about pushing yourself and it's pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. And and I think, you know, what what I heard from there is is that fighting for you was just a way to not only compete, but to really push yourself out of that comfort zone. So by pushing yourself out of that comfort zone, how did you grow as a human as a result of, of really pushing yourself into that complete zone of being uncomfortable? Because that's, I always say, in order to grow, you have to be comfortable yeah. being uncomfortable. And it's a hard yeah. place to be. Like it's it's hard for a lot of most people. Most people never do that. And they, that's why so many people just stay stuck for, for most of their life because it's uncomfortable. Like, like no matter how bad your circumstances are, you're comfortable with it, right? You're, it feels yeah. good. Like it may not, well, it may not feel good, but you're comfortable. Like, you know what to expect. So how did that pushing yourself, how did that help you to grow and, and just continue to grow and continue that, that forward momentum? Yeah. You know, I, I look at it as um a level of awareness. Okay. Being uncomfortable get you to a new level of comfort every time you do something that's uncomfortable you have challenged your mind to be better than it was before mm-hmm. and so i actually before i even was a fighter i was a personal trainer and i had to train people into doing things they didn't want to do <laughs> got me really yes. good at it I'm yes, really, really we all know our, I'm sure we all have our stories with our personal trainers and the gym memberships and, and all that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like, I like calling myself a surgeon because it's about you go to get your surgery so that you can feel better. You go to do things because you want things. And when I can help them appreciate the process and guide them through the process properly, it becomes easier and easier, and their momentum will take over. And so that's what I've done in my life as well. You know, I know that there's a process going on, and sometimes it's the freakiest thing walking down that that to that cage. It really is. But I also know the other parts of the process, the celebration. And I mean the celebration of life, whether I win, lose, or draw, I went out there. I stepped into the arena and I really want others to step into their arena. You know, sometimes it's like, but I'm nervous and I'm scared and I'm this and I'm that. And then I just asked the question, well, what happens if you don't? And I get really deep with them because yeah, you're going to feel things. That's for sure. <laughs> that's a guarantee. But imagine what you'll feel if you never do it. That's right. Well. And the thing is, is, you know, failure is a part of the road to success. You know, I always use the analogy like baseball players, you know, that's, that's, that's been the, the classic analogy of like, how many times does a baseball player strike out when they get up to bat? Right. But they keep, they keep going, they keep going. And you said something that really hit home for me. And now I'm going to forget it because we're we're doing this in the morning, and I, it takes me a few hours to like really get to be my sharpness. Um, the thing is, so okay, wait a second. So you were just talking about, oh man, 
when that happens, oh, well, uh, you'll get into the, you'll get into the middle know, of the night. I'm like, That's what happens to me. <laughs> it was so good, too. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I knew that if I could just pause myself for a little bit and kind of ramble on, it would come back. Yeah. You talked about stepping into the arena mm. and whatever that arena is for you. So here's here's the question, right? Like, no matter how, what that arena is like, it can just be like, it can just be, you know, looking at a different job opportunity. Like the arena is whatever is in front of you that you have to be comfortable stepping into and have to push yourself yeah. into that, into that point. It's just, you took it to the nth degree and chose UFC fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yes. my God. So how long were you a UFC fighter? So I fought in the UFC for two years. Okay. Yeah. And I fought a total of, uh, I fought a total of eight years. Okay. And had a lot of experience going through that process. The, the funny thing I told my coach, I wanted to fight in the UFC in less than a year. And I went through that process and, uh, he thought it was going to be impossible which I love, like, that just makes life fun to be like, you can't do it because if you pull it off, it's cool for you and everyone around you. So I went through that process and uh, ended up getting there in 10 months. We got there in less than a year. Wow. Walking down. Yeah, we're walking down. And he's like, how did we pull this off? Even he was still in shock when we got there. I love it. Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I, I just have to pause real quick because, you know, I was, before we started recording, I was talking about like my journey and I've like, I'm diving into full-time podcasting and launching a television show and all of that. And I'm having this conversation with my husband. He's like, well, you know, like, and he's, he's the, you know, kind of an optimist, but there's always a little bit of, I call it pessimism. He likes to call it, well, I'm just speaking. I'm a realist. I'm being real. I'm like, Okay. So I ran upstairs and I have this sweatshirt and I put it on and I come down and I pointed at it and I like said, Hey Siri, play glorious. One of my favorite songs by, you know, mm -hmm. Macklemore. And I just started dancing around and my my sweatshirt says, underestimate me. That yeah. will be fun. Yeah. Right. hundred like, percent. Oh, you're giving me a challenge. You think that I can't do this? Yeah. Challenge accepted. Yeah. I am. And like, sometimes like we need that in life, right? Yeah. Where people don't always believe in you and you're like, oh, I'm going to show you because that's where my mind goes. Oh, you don't think I can do it. Oh, this is going to be fun. Right? Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. I love it. So along those 10 months, like what was that journey like for you? Because I always like to share with the audience because it's not easy. Like those 10 months must, must have been really, really, really hard. Like you, you don't just decide to be a UFC fighter and 10 months later, jump in the ring. Yeah. You like, know, I, I actually just woke up and Dana White gave me the contract. He's like, Hey, do you want to sign this thing? I go, I, I do want to sign that thing. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that easy at all. <laughs> Definitely. A we lot all of go through, we go through so much just to get to that point. And I think that 
a lot of young athletes, especially, and even entrepreneurs and, and even in today's world, yeah. you know, everybody wants to be an influencer and they think that you just put post one good TikTok video and you're going to, you know, rise to the top. It's not that simple. It's not that easy. And there's always a long, hard struggle journey to get to that point. So can you just share with the audience, you know, w- were there any times where you thought, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And you wanted to give up and you just like, what did you find within you to keep you going? So my my UFC journey was kind of weird because I had other journeys before that that really supported me to getting in the UFC as quickly as I did. Okay. But I will say this. I'm very kind and very resilient. And the beauty of these things are even though that is my giftedness, anyone can learn how to do it. It's a practice art. And as you practice something, you become better and better at that thing that you're practicing. Uh, so I, I had some resilient moments earlier on on my journey that you you surprise and you shock yourself. Now, what was funny for me, um, my entrepreneurial journey was actually harder than my road to the UFC because I had a lot of kinesthetic awareness when I was going through my fighter's journey. So I already had all of those pieces in place. Now my entrepreneurial journey, uh, the parallels, exact same. I just, you don't know what you don't know. And it can be very frustrating, almost like you're driving a car with bald tires. Uh, So (laughs) yeah, yeah. So but what, what was cool is, I look at every obstacle as an opportunity. And uh, I had cracked ribs, uh, hurt my ankle, um, messed my nose up, had a lot of things happen. And every time I was like, what can I do? That was it. Well, what can I do? And I would go to the training room when I couldn't practice. And I would watch other people practice. And I would visualize. And I would visualize myself doing the moves. And visualize what happens if they get this move off. What happens if I get this move off? What happens here? Because they're patterns. Life's a Mm. game of patterns. Yeah. And when you figure out how to use the patterns to your your best of abilities, um, you're going to dominate in one way or another. Now, there's a fighter, uh, George Rush St. Pierre, because you can learn from people and you can learn lessons later on in life. Like, I had already retired as a fighter, but George Rush was talking about a time where he was looking at like the split second, the second per second on what a fighter was doing. So he would know what they would do and how they would do it. So those are data points. He would look at the data points and he would look at them extremely closely. And so my journey can serve me anywhere if I choose to see it. I just have to ask my mind, how does this apply to me? And so, and how does this apply to me? Well, it applies in business because now if I look at the data points to the second of the second or the millisecond of a millisecond, I can become better in business, learn the data points. And uh, I really, really respected George Rush for what he did and what he accomplished and how he accomplished it. Um, But there's a shelf life for everything that we do. And I knew that I had a shelf life. I actually had a couple more years left before I got out of fighting. Um, 
But my son being born, there were other plans. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the risk isn't worth the reward. So I'm going to back out of this and go into something else. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there was some, you know, because I'm a retired, you know, figure skating coach and everything. And mm-hmm. there, um, oh, I, 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 that's so funny. I just looked at my phone and I just said, um, Macklemore, <clears throat> and it popped up on my phone. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm no fucking like okay. Um, I know, right? But like, you know, there was so many things like accomplishing one thing on the ice led me to the next. And then like today, like my be- like my last really biggest thing was was completing a the Marine Corps marathon in 2006. And it's like when you have those big things nice. that you complete, you know what I mean? Like it's like, oh my gosh, if I can complete a marathon, I can do this. And it's and yeah. it's using those and leveraging those past experiences as like your, your wins, right? Like, what are my wins, you know? And I can do this. I can get to that, that next point. I love that. Yeah. Cause it's, it's well, all big, big congratulations to that. And I'll <laughs> tell you, um, cause it's, I, I want to give, I, I hope this provides the audience with, with an amazing insight. It's, it's really served me on my journey. But first, I want to look at you directly and say, everybody, there's absolute greatness in you, and you can shock the world. Now, the next piece, shocking the world is actually as simple as walking. And this is what I mean by that. Babies don't just fall over, crawl, and say, I can't do it. They continue to do it until they start walking. And I'm like, okay, well, why does that happen? And then why do people quit their dreams? And oftentimes we become what we're around and what we see. Mm -hmm. We see people walking. So in seeing that, we're going to be more inclined to do it. So what I've learned is just as a fighter has to hang out with high caliber fighters to get to where they're looking to go. Uh, So does an entrepreneur. So does a person looking to create amazing relationships. So does a person looking to get their health in place. If you're around the right tribe of people, you will start becoming that thing. So there's something called accelerated learning. Just being around it, you're more inclined to be more like that. And then the other piece, it's being around it and it's hearing about it as you hear what they're doing. As you're seeing what they're doing, as you're hearing what they're doing, as you're you're staying, you become more and more aware of it and more competent towards doing it. And then the other part, part is our belief systems. So what do we believe about something? Now, I went through this process because I thought sales and marketing were not the best of things. And that comes from the beginning of my journey, just seeing certain things, being around certain things. And as I understood it more and more, I realized, oh, everything's just a skill set. And you can choose to use that skill set effectively or not use the skill set effectively. Just like the ability to fight, I can use that to fight. I can use it to protect. I can use it to protect myself. I can use it to protect others. It's just a skill. And so in looking at life like that, like, okay, what skills do I want to acquire? And how do I want to acquire them? And what results will these skills get me? Um, the world's in, the world's in your court. You have everything that you need. Oh, that was so golden. And I hope audience, I hope you really got that because who you surround yourself with 
is going to make or break you. And I and I just know from my personal experience, and I told you how my podcast has exploded. And last month, which would have been um, September 2023, I had over 70,000 downloads in one month, which was a record. Nice. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. It is. It's incredible. It really is. And and people don't realize when you have no audience, when you have no platform, nobody knows who I am, right? It takes a long time mm-hmm. to build that, right? I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you know, Kelly Clarkson starting a podcast and I'm going to have millions of listeners just like that, right? <laughs> so, you know, people, you know, you have to understand. But the thing is, is who I surround myself with has made a difference. And here's why, because when I'm I'm looking at these other people who have gone before me and they've done what I want to do, what they've already done, you start to emulate mm. that. And it's that energy. It's that exchange of energy that we have. Call it source, Absolutely. call it energy, right? It you, yeah. you start to feel that and it empowers you. And that's why like who you surround yourself with is just the, it's a game changer. It's a game changer for sure. Yeah, 100%. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we finish up today? Because this has been such an amazing conversation. And I also want you to make sure yeah. you tell everybody how they can reach you. And what are some of the things that you're doing right now? Yeah, yeah. So I have created something called the training room. And the training room is basically, it's like the mental gym for entrepreneurs. Ooh. Because... Yeah, it was really, really frustrating for me when I first started my entrepreneurial journey. Um, I felt like I was talked at a lot instead of actually putting in the reps that was going to make me successful. Oh, and I, I feel like, yeah, it kind of reminds me if you were to take a personal trainer and they were to work out in front of you and you're watching the personal trainer work out and then the personal trainer says, all right. That's how you do it. Good luck. Go do those things. You're not going to do them right. <laughs> and you're going to, you're probably not even going to do most of them. Cause it's like, I thought I was coming to the gym to work with you. Like, with you. <laughs> and that's, that's what I saw pretty consistently um, on the entrepreneurial journey. I, I've had a mixed bag. I've had some really great coaches on the journey and some really not so great coaches. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel my, my kinesthetic ability to understand how important it is for the person to train the habit in um, is where it's at. So yeah, I got the training room out um, and I'm also speaking on stages. So if anyone is interested in hearing the journey of how the parallels of fighting and entrepreneurship go hand in hand, uh, please reach out. Uh, I've actually been courageous or crazy enough. You guys get to decide on that one. Uh, to say, if you text me at 602-403-6957, I'm a fighter. Um, We'll have a get-together and a talk and learn more about you, your dreams, and what you're looking to create on your journey. What is that number again? Can you repeat it? Yeah, it's 602-403-6957. So that's 602-403-6957. Yes. I will make sure that is in the show notes. So go ahead, everybody, text I'm a fighter to 602-403-6957. I love that. 
All right. So that's how you reach Clifford. Any last minute thoughts before we finish up? I just want to thank you, Sandy, for allowing me to be on your platform and speaking. I'm having so much fun on the journey. And yeah, we're going to keep shining bright and loving people up. Uh, Clifford, well, thank you. It has been an honor and a privilege to have you. Everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you for your support. And reach out to reach out to Clifford. Text him. I'm a fighter. Love that. <laughs>、hope、that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe, and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.